Hi, I'm Leslie Adamas, and welcome to Race Forward, a weekly podcast on God and race relations. This is a progressive, faith-filled conversation that will anger you, encourage you, and equip you. Thanks again for joining us today. You picked a great day to listen in. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Race Forward, God and Race Relations. As always, it is your boy, Karan, the native black voice on here. Like I say all the time, I don't speak for every single person that looks like me, but I do echo common sentiments of most. Today, we got a special guest in the house. Uh, His name is Bradley. He's one of the great friends of mine. Bradley, say what's up to the people. Hello, guys. Nice to hopefully hear my voice on the other end of this this radio. (laughs) Yeah, man, because that voice sounds good, and always, he looks good, y'all. Bradley looks the part today. He's got on a (laughs) nice white-collar shirt, and that thing looked like it just came out of the cleaners. Uh, I took my tie off, too, so a little comfortable here. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, you at home now. Kick your feet up. Uh, But that shirt reminds me of a question that I always wanted to ask one of my white friends. Uh, Bradley, (laughs) is it true that you guys start off with a 650 credit score. I just got to know. We got to know, man. (laughs) Is it true that that's where it starts for you? Oh, that'd be nice, but I have never heard that in my life. I know my mom being a banker, uh, before she passed away, she tried to make sure and still into me the the, uh, values of saving money and stuff. But I know if I had this credit score my mom did, and she was a bankrupt lady at one point, uh, mine would probably be at flat zero. And it wasn't until like you get that credit score from Discover Card that you realize, whoa, I, I gotta start getting this thing to go up. It's like a scoreboard. I gotta try to get this thing up to whatever the highest is, like eight fifty nine hundred or whatever it is. <laughs> that was zero percent interest. <laughs> whatever it is, I ain't seen it, man. Credit scores are interesting. They uh they can either make you or break you when it comes to owning things. And uh I had to ask, man, because a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of black folks just like are really curious about the way credit works because we didn't really grow up talking about it we didn't grow up talking about financial security mm-hmm. and financial yeah. investments and you know you got to have credit to have those things as a part of the conversation and so when all of our white friends are you know buying homes and uh having low interest rates on vehicles we think huh maybe they got a little extra boost in there somewhere but <laughs> i hear you i hear you nobody gets yeah i gotta say one something funny my um since mom was a banker and she managed a bank, it was funny. We used to have our our Christmas toys stored in the vault at the bank. And so oh. one time we discovered that and got to walk in there and see our toys. But then I was more distracted by the boxes of coins of like $500 of the quarters. So uh, that was kind of cool back then. But wow. credit scores, yeah, I never was discussed with us as kids. And I, I, I don't know. I don't think we had credit score commercials even growing up. Did you during the Saturday Saturday morning cartoon? Oh, shoot, man. I I don't remember anything that wasn't a cartoon on Saturday morning. So so the credit (laughs) store commercials weren't cartoons. I didn't see them. I just had my big box of cereal, and I Mm -hmm. was enjoying what I was watching. Yo, so we are going to kick off some more candid conversations. And I got Bradley on today because I had a pretty – pretty interesting conversation with a buddy of mine who's moving from Missouri. Um, he lived in Branson for a while and did some great things up there. Um, and he's moving from Missouri and he was considering working in Forsyth County, Georgia. Now, Bradley, 
what I know to be true about you is you live in Gwinnett, but you grew up in Forsyth County. Um, and for yep. those who for those who don't know much about Forsyth County, I'll just say this: neither do I. But what I do know is whenever black folks that I've heard talk about Forsyth County in my community, they always speak about it in a way that's, yeah, we hear about Forsyth. And mm-hmm. if you know what they mean when they say that or the tone that they use when they say that, it reminded me of what it lit, what it was like to live so close to Harrison, Arkansas. And so let me get you a backdrop on that. Harrison, Arkansas, is it borders Branson, Missouri, where I spent two years of my life. And uh, for those who aren't aware of where Branson or Harrison is, all you need to know is that Harrison, Arkansas, is home of one of the largest chapters of the active Ku Klux Klan organization. And so for a black dude living <laughs> in Branson and having to drive past and through uh, Harrison, in, in order to get to camp where he was loving and serving kids, uh, the conversation at camp was always, you can stop here, but you can't stop here. Make sure you get gas before you hit this strip. Like It was very much so like a conscious way of thinking about my traveling as I was going to and from. And so when I hear people talk about Forsyth County, it kind of takes me back to there. Um, I just right. got to... I just got to talk with somebody from Forsyth. Catch me up on Forsyth. Why do the black folks in my community have conversations that remind me of Harrison? Yeah. I'll, and I am certainly no expert in the history of Forsyth County. I was born in 76 in the county, lived there for the first four years and moved out to Houston, Texas, and then came back. Um, I was sort of, a little bit of a minority in the county in the sense that I was uh, one of the Catholic kids in a sense because my parents were from up north in New York, New Jersey, and moved down and had me and my brother down here um, in the in the county. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things that you would hear rumors about how the county was. And and, and really, as a kid, you, you only pay attention to what your surroundings are. And luckily, I was surrounded by a bunch of good families and um, nobody from the KKK. Uh, certainly heard about it, but it wasn't until it was thrust into the media more until I think in the around the early 80s, mid-80s. And I think at that time, I was about nine years old. I remember um, the first time hearing about it, asking questions to my mom. At that point, my parents were divorced, and so I just go to her. And, and we were supposed to have some baseball tryouts on Saturday or something. And and I remember her just saying, you know, hey, there's some things going to happen in the county we're hearing about that we, we can't have baseball this weekend because there's going to be a march. Um, where I believe Hosea Williams came and and there would be some possible some bad things that are happening and so uh, I started asking questions at that point. My mom was always good about teaching me to love everybody and doesn't matter color of skin and um, age or whatnot or height. Just you know, you, you look at him as a person, a child of God. And so uh, you know, I didn't really ask me more questions after that and just continue on in life. But then. Uh, as I got older, I started learning more about it and hearing more about it. And um, I know, as you had mentioned one time, Karan, it was like uh, called the sundown town. Don't be caught in the town at sundown. Um, That's right. I, I never, I, I never heard heard that myself. Um, but you know, I was in a little bubble there at that point too. So uh, it had some bad upbringings. Mm-hmm. You know, just a bad story that started out. Um, 
I believe in the 30s, I think, or 20s at some point where um, there's a lot of history out there about it. But it just unfortunately got a bad rep um, with some people, like every county has got some bad people in it, unfortunately. And uh, it just kind of got centered on there. But I can say that not every one of that county, born in that county, raised in that county, is um, somebody who, who is taught to hate. Uh, because of color of skin. I mean, that is, that is not the truth 100%. And I'm, yeah. I'm a walking testimony of that. Yeah, and that's true, man. You, you you hit it spot on. The concept of the sundown town is something that, you know, I would imagine most black families in America has heard about. Uh, it's the idea that when the sun goes down in certain towns, certain people aren't welcome. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, be, just to be honest, certain people aren't welcome when the sun's up either. But when the sun goes down, there's yeah. more opportunity there to remind you that you're not welcome. That's the whole concept of, you know, looking for opportunities to flood out black families, whether that's lynching, throwing, you know, certain things in the yard, things of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. These are are not just, you know, made up ideas. These are things that really happen in our nation's histories. I think one of the ways that was uh, depicted it best was in a movie. Actually, have you ever seen the movie Great Debaters with Denzel Washington? I think I might have seen that a while back. Yeah, he's gotcha. a great actor. So, great actor, great movie. Um, but in that movie, there's a certain scene where uh, these debaters that he was a part of this debate team coaching it, um, and they were either going or coming from a debate that they had, and they were cutting through a certain town in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. And there was a ton of folks standing around and somebody was hanging from the tree. And this is a vehicle full of black people. And so they got to cut off their headlights, put it in reverse and get and hightail it up out of there. And so Mm -hmm. as I would imagine, um, there's plenty of black families in America that have heard those stories. And it constantly is something that they have to think about when they do travel. Reason being because of places like Harrison, Arkansas, Harrison, Arkansas, where there are still live active chapters. Now, although they may not be as extreme today, nobody wants to find out if today is the right day to be extreme or not. Um, right. Other other great movies and um, historical things about that is the idea that Green Book, the Green Book just came out the movie recently, but it really was a travel guide for black folks let them know where they can stop where they should stop and where they should not stop and so wow um, these aren't just movies these are uh the movies talks about the things that took place in our mm-hmm. history and so man you ever did your mom ever used to tell your mom or dad whoever uh, to be home before the street lights come on um if i wanted dinner yeah but besides that no <laughs> yeah yeah so i used to be told and i used to get a whooping if i didn't get home before the street lights <laughs> came on and uh mind you i'm i'm not that old you know what i'm saying i mm-hmm. i still got uh, a lot more years uh in front of me than i do behind me and i was always just so concerned like because not concerned but curious why i gotta go home when the street lights come on like the street lights came on which means it gives me more light to stay outside and play Right. But like the more and more I talk to, you know, my friends and family, I'm like that kind of that had to come from somewhere, and I'm right. almost curious if it came from the sundown town situation. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it, it might have. I, I'm not sure on that one. I know um, that would definitely something to be looked into. They've done some some books. I think there's a book called um, going blank on the name of it right now. Uh, Blood at the Root, and it was a gentleman mm-hmm. who wrote about the history of Forsyth County, and that's pretty detailed. If you have a chance to check that out, um, and some of the history. Now it's been debated about what's true in there, what's not, but in general, it's a lot of what um, a lot of hate. Um, yeah. is going on at that point. Um, nothing I see now, luckily, in my uh, realm and, and circle of influence there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, there's something so there's something so rich about the fact that if I meet you right now, I mm-hmm. have no reason to assume that you grew up in a place that had a lot of bad situations going on. Um, right. What? During your upbringing, like, or, or maybe not even during your upbringing, but during your time in Forsyth, like, have you ever encountered, like, anybody that was just totally shocked that you were from Forsyth? Oh, yeah. Um, great story. I was in college my freshman year and um, went to work for Nike. Um, and one of the things I got to do was, um, and I was still at that time living in Forsyth and commuting back and forth to my college um, but they Nike had an organization to where they interviewed 40 people across the country. We got to fly out to uh, Portland, Oregon, and uh, be a part of their um, organization doing some stuff. And they picked four people from the state of Georgia that were college uh, students. And I was one of them, got to be a part of that. And it was an awesome experience. Love my Nike swoosh. And um, but basically on the flight out there, uh, we were all talking, me and the three other guys. There's actually four guys and one girl. But the um, I was seating next to one of the gentlemen from Morehouse College, I believe it was, and we were just having a good time talking. Just you know, we we all have a common bond of loving sports, coaching kids, and that's what brought us together. Um, and sharing stories about our favorite teams and what we do in college now and where we're at, and then um, just just laughing, just being, you know, like good old friends that's been together for a long time and enjoying it. And then finally, the question came around, and he, he, he said, you met, where, where school are you from? I said, I'm at North Georgia um, College State University. He said, where are you from? And at that point in my life, I had kind of learned as a defense mechanism not to really bring up Forsyth County because I knew with a certain, um, with a person of a, of a black or Hispanic or whatnot, they would look at you and, and kind of like somebody automatically thinks that, that I was a mean or hateful person. Wow. So I kind of learned. With, I would say I'm from Cumming, and that's one oh, of the cities in the, the city in the in the county. And I said I'm from Cumming, and he kind of said, "Well, where's that at?" And he hadn't heard it before. I said, "Well, at that point, I kind of swallowed my throat pretty hard and said, uh, Forsyth County." And he got. And he, I remember his look, and I was sitting the um, uh, and the, by the uh, the 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 window seat, and he was right there in the middle aisle, and he looked over at me like. But but you're not like that, <laughs> and, oh, I, and wow, I said yeah. exact. I said exactly. That's 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 not everybody in the county. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it just got a bad reputation for a group of people that that did some mean and hateful things. And it's not right what they did. Um, were they from all from Forsyth County? I don't know. There's always been a, a thing that we were we were told because I grew up never knowing one person from the KKK. Yeah, and my parents. My parents knew a lot of people in the county. They were a banker, and my my dad was 
owned a store at one point and, and he was a part of the county commission at one point too and stuff like that and we never knew somebody now they may have been completely secretive about it and not knowing but um it was not discussed my parents got me out of the county and would allow me to go to certain places um for like football camps to become a better football player and from mm-hmm. that it was hosted by bobby butler one of my favorite guys i looked up to as a atlanta falcons cornerback i love playing football and thought he was amazing my my childhood hero was dominique wilkins and spud yeah. webb <laughs> now you nice. can't see me on camera right here but i'm five foot five and spud webb's five foot seven i was like dude i can dunk like him That's i didn't right. care what color his skin but he's got some ups and i was like did you, did i'm gonna be like him there? did you ever get up there? i will say you know i was listening to one of your podcasts one time and i think it was about white man can't jump and whatnot i think it was chuck saying that and his wife was had a bill vertical i actually got the rim one time and, and tapped in a dunk at five foot oh, five, so it's like yes, but I had to throw the ball up there, so it's kind of funny. But um, Lee Chuck White man can jump, barely, but not now at forty four <laughs> years old and overweight. But you know, the long story, the short, more of the story there is, you know, that the not everybody is like what you hear um, from certain places. You know, there are good people, there are mm-hmm. a lot of good people, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in in the the county there in Arkansas too. But unfortunately, some of the bad apples can really ruin us. In that case, a town, and, and right. same thing for Forsyth. It is a wonderful county, and I could talk about that how it is now because I go in and out and work in the in the city there now too. So, yeah, man, that's good. You know, you reminded me of a story, uh, uh, my own personal story. Actually, I was coming back from Kansas City on my way back to camp, and I was taking some back roads because the GPS set me up. Uh, and I had to pull over at this gas station because I pushed it too far. I was borrowing somebody else's car. And um, I would have hate to tell this person what happened, but uh, maybe if they're checking out the podcast, they'll learn today. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I was borrowing somebody else's car and I was going to get gas. And brother, I locked the keys in the car. See, mm-hmm. you can't lock the keys in my car, but you can lock the keys in their car. I locked the keys in their car and I have no cell service and I have no idea how far I am from camp. All I know is that I'm in a place where it looks like if I were to write a horror story, it looks like the place where I would write myself at where Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be when the sun goes down Uh and to continue the story. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've walked to the gas station now and the store across and I'm asking for like wire hangers trying to get in the car. And um, I get one and I come out and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do, but you got me right. Right. With a question mark. And uh, Mm -hmm. next thing you know, this loud truck pulls up and that sound can actually really cause some anxiety when you don't know where you're at and you don't want to be where you're at. This loud mm-hmm. truck pulls up and this guy jumps out this truck. And like I said before, if I was going to write a horror story about where I wouldn't want to be, well, I would write the villain to describe the guy that got out of this truck, right? So yep. he looked just like who I didn't want him to look like because he had all the makings. Uh, and he says, you need some help. And I'm just like, okay, what you doing, Lord? What you what you about to do right here? Long story short, this guy not only helps me get in this car, 
uh, doesn't break anything, which is a huge when you're borrowing somebody else's car. But he he treats me with such kindness and treats yeah. me with such respect while I'm out there. And I'm just like, Karan, shame on you for ever trying to write the end of this story just by reading the first chapter. This guy legitimately Amen. blessed my life that day. And I was so convicted that I had allowed myself to think that I was in danger and I was in jeopardy because of what this guy looked like and because of the area I was in. I say all that to say, uh, like the guy uh, up there at Nike with you, and like mm-hmm. me, we all has a, have a responsibility to grow. We have a responsibility mm-hmm. to see growth in others and to affirm that. Um, we need not to uh, allow ourselves to walk in fear when we are traveling through areas where we don't know of, because number one, God's got you. And number two, if you're allowing yourself to walk in fear, it's because of a trauma that didn't get fixed in the beginning. And any trauma can be fixed by the cross. Any perspective can be changed by the cross and any amount of love that you need to see your neighbor as a fellow image bearer is given to you through the cross. And so Bradley, uh mm-hmm. in closing today, man, I just want you to you know take maybe a minute. Uh what would you say to black families who fear for Scythe today? Uh number one, we love you. I just stop let that sink in for a second. Um anybody that's from you kind of back up a little bit too is what I say to anybody who, who thinks that somebody hates them, whatever color of the skin you are, whatever background you're from, you know, not everybody is like what is painted in media or in, in pictures and whatnot. Um, and don't fear, don't fear the fact, just don't fear. I mean, I, I, I'm stuttering the words here, but it just, it, it makes me think back so much when somebody would make a, um, a judgment of who I was because of where I was from. Um, when the fact that, you know, I, I love everybody that God has created. Um, and there's thousands of people in Forsyth County like that. And I'm just, I'm stubbing on the words a little bit. I apologize for that, but it's just one of those things that God has got us to where he has changed all of us and brought us up through some bad time. We've been through some bad times and he is there to rescue us. Even if somebody has made a mistake in the past and they have repented of it and they're ready to talk about it and, and really make a change, we gotta we gotta accept that. We gotta let them see it be done because God said to forgive them seventy times seven, if if not more. Um, he forgives us so much more. And if I do make a mistake, which somebody's gonna make a mistake for something at some point, we still have to forgive because we've been forgiven too as well. I know yeah. it's not the most the best preacher talk to put up there in the stage mm-hmm. with that, but man. We love you. Everybody loves yeah. you. I, I hate to see so much hate and evil in our in our country now, man. I just getting on our knees and every single person you encounter, treating them with respect and love and trying to let them see that, you know, look through what you see on the outside of the color of my skin to know that um that you're loved. Bradley, I'm so glad that you decided to lead with love there. 
Reason being is because our Savior tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. And that's my advice to black families today. Will you accept that God's love for you? Would you accept that your neighbor's love for you should comfort you to fear not? And, and if we are in race for God and race relations, remember, it is a progressive conversation. So would you progress today in trusting that the love of God will cast out all fear for you. Bradley, how about you sign us out for today? Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you again for the time also just to to uh, hopefully right some wrong and also uh, uncover some, some love that's out there. But I would say the same thing too to anybody, especially if you're a, a, a person of white descent or whatnot, it's the best way you say it. But, um, you know, if you were raised in a home that had some some family members that were racist, as you would say, you don't have to continue that. You do not have to continue that. You can look at every single person and know that um, they are the exact same, um, created by the exact same person that created you, God, and that you that that you should treat them with respect and love as much as possible. Um, and whatever preconceived notions you have about how somebody looks or acts, don't judge a book by its cover. That applies to so much. Um, you could be walking through whatever part of town that you you also have like that horror story thought like Quran has. Um, we all have that. We all have that scary thought in our head of, of how somebody looks. Um, and that's where we're going to possibly <laughs> have our life be taken. But just, you know, lean on God and say, God, what do you teach me here like Quran did? Because it's in those moments when we're, we're fearful and we let go of our own power and we say, God, you got this. What can I learn from this? do that. So if, if you are like me and you're white as white can be, you can't see me on a TV screen here or whatnot, but I have a pale redheaded white guy. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter the color of skin, just love the people as much as possible. So again, Caroline, man, thanks this. Thank you uh, for putting this yeah. on, for Chuck and Mal doing a good job with these things. And you guys are now on episode 15. It's pretty amazing. You guys are doing this, I believe, if I counted right. They're fun to listen to. You guys keep it up and is moving people forward to to grow because that's that's most important. If you're not growing, you're dying. <laughs> if you're not that's growing, true. you're dying, man. <laughs> that's true. Appreciate you. Well, guys, it's been another episode of Race for God and Race Relations. We love you guys. We'll keep candid conversations coming. Look, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. So glad y'all tuned in with us today for another episode of Race for God and Race Relations. Till next time, we'll see y'all.